Papercut podcast strives to be evocative and inclusive. Every Monday, we cut below the surface with folks that make the Winnipeg arts and culture scene thrive. Welcome to Papercut Podcast. My name is Jared Gocher. I'm Olivia Michaelchuk, and we're here with the Kolpitzes. The Kolpitzes. <laughs> still, still the Kolpitzes. Like octopus, still octopi. Yeah. Yeah. And the littlest. And Jacob! And Jacob! And Jake. <laughs> well, that couldn't have worked out Okay, so could you uh, start by telling us a little bit about your brother? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let, let's start, like, in the reverse form, I think. Right now, we're entertaining his beautiful two-and-a-bit-year-old, Jacob Mason Colpitz, and he's a new father of two. Um, it's been an incredible journey watching my brother become a father. Oh, God, I can't start with that. That's going to make me really emotional, I feel. But we're you sitting... cry today. <laughs> <laughs> we're sitting in his, uh, his brand-new basement. They moved one block over in uh, West End, and, yeah, it was a whole family effort getting them and two small kids over here, and I'm looking at his music equipment and can't wait to set up his jam space and get rolling again and do more do more jamming. But who is he? For the oh, people. The, He's like for the, the man, people. the myth, the <laughs> legend. Exactly. The Matt Colpitz. <laughs> um, okay, well, Matt's a super awesome dad and teacher and bro and son and all those things. He's got uh, a lot of cool things about him if you just met him for the first time he was this professional skateboarder growing up (laughs) not professional not amateur okay professional in his 12 year old sister's mind because he would show up with like cool (laughs) stuff that he won at skateboard competitions and we'd be like that happened once he'd be like happy (laughs) happy birthday here's a pair of oakley glasses and i'd be like sweet and wasn't really talking to me as teenage in our teenage years but i find the best thing about Matt is his ability to uh, rein in an audience. I think that his his musical ability. He doesn't as the Reverend Rambler. As the Reverend Rambler. As I think that's what they were looking for. I'm <laughs> yes. the Reverend Rambler. Which is trying to like, lead you into it. <laughs> yes. Well, we're bringing. It was coming. It was coming. He's the Reverend Rambler. Uh, I'm his sister Carly, which is works on both levels. Um, Don't talk about yourself because that's his job. Yeah, Don't that's start. true. Okay. And. Uh, <laughs> Although he hasn't been able to see his own musical ability through the eyes of Winnipeg, I'd say, and and greater audiences, but he uh, is one of these musicians who I am just so honored to work with, even as his sister, as a fellow bandmate. He is captivating and fun, and his music is exciting, and it's so hard. It's it's so hard not to tap your feet whenever you hear whenever Reverend Rambler show. Um, He's, he's really captivated audiences for a long time, and we're, personally, right now, I'm just so pumped to get out his second album, which we've been working on, and he can kind of get into maybe later, but, uh, yeah, he's he's doing it all. He's kind of a man of, of all trades. He can father, as he's doing right now. He can <laughs> yeah. teach. He can play incredible music. He's a great friend, uh, great brother, and all those things. So uh, that's our 40 minutes? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can't see his beard, but yeah. he's blushing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so now you got to trade. So tell us about Carly as much as you want. I don't know if you had a You can go for the 10-minute. I'll 10 be minute. a little more concise, perhaps, but uh, thank you, Carly, for the Cheers. Yeah, was Carly's my my sister, first and foremost, I suppose. 
Um, she's also Sister Carly. She's DJ K. Chetta. And, uh, and a teacher. And just Brand a, new. A lovely, Feeling it. A lovely human being who does uh, a lot of different things. And We're going to get into them. Yeah. <laughs> She's great. I, I want to... Actually, I want to talk to her more about the whole DJ thing <laughs> as well, because I... I don't know much about that. Okay, do you want to start with the first question then? Sure. Yeah. yeah. Do I? Ask Carly, yeah. What, uh, tell us about how you became a DJ. Okay. Even though, like, I'll preface it by saying I don't love the fact that she's a DJ because it means that she's playing music with me less. It's, and, and that, I, that actually brings up a, a really interesting, like, part of, uh, part of our musical journey together. Um... So as some people might know, I'm engaged to DJ Co-op, Tim Hoover, incredible dude. Uh, so he clearly was like my first sort of into like the DJ world. Um, I did not mean to become a DJ. That is like the number one, like when people are like, whoa, all of a sudden you're a DJ and you're doing weddings and parties every weekend. And I, for real, didn't even, I didn't even call myself a DJ until like two years in. And this was four years ago. My friend Robin Ellis had said, hey, do you want to do a... Do you want to do a... Oh, there's a centipede, wow. <laughs> or is that a millipede? I don't know, but it's a big bug. That's a big it's boy. It's a big bug crawling across <laughs> the new no, no, floor. No, no. We, we got it. Yeah, yeah, we got this. We've got to let people know because they can't see, so you got to exactly. paint the visual. The, the visual. It's a monster. Yeah. Olivia got it, yeah. and it's Olivia all good. Olivia the Fearless. Yeah, that was, that was well done. You're all... Yeah! <laughs> Conquered! Yeah. <laughs> He's not dead, though. Oh, I, I like, left him to be like released into the wild. Oh. Who said Sundays can't be productive? Yeah. <laughs> I think... I was going to say I think the church, but I feel like that's the opposite. <laughs> right? Isn't there something where you're not supposed to work on Sundays? Whatever is done on Sunday is lost on Monday. You ever hear that? Yeah. yeah. If you go to church, hey, Reverend, that's productive. Reverend, do you ever hear that? <laughs> <laughs> that's the day of rest. Yeah. Okay, so we're going back to this. Yes, so Robin Ellis said, uh, hey, do you want to do this DJ course with me? Like Mama Cutsworth. Sarah Michelson is an old friend of ours. Uh, She grew up in Riverview where we grew up. Lots of family connections there. I I was at her birthday party in kindergarten. That's how old. (laughs) That's how far back we are. Yeah, like the Michelsons live legit a stone's throw away from our parents' house now. Um, anyway, long, long time history. And then, of course, Tim is best friends with Tyler. DJ Co-op and Honeycutt are very two names you hear together a lot. Mm-hmm. So Robin asked me to go to this, this um, her music academy or her DJ. And I said, you know, I, I played a few bands. I'm pretty busy and I don't really need to know how to DJ. But like, why not? I'm really bad at saying no. So I said yes. <laughs> and it was an incredible experience. Um, just sidebar, Sarah Michelson is an incredible person for this community for of everyone's community she's an incredible role model and she's done an amazing job at that academy and uh i learned how to dj and i didn't think i'd do anything with it i just thought another tool for the toolbox fun i know how to dj now but i I didn't even know how to dj she gave us very basic skills and gave us and we had this awesome academy what are some of the basic skills of djing Beat matching, you know, learning how What's to beat matching. Beat matching, like the BPM of a song. So, like a higher, higher BPM, one twenty-eight is more like dance party, go go go. But you can also, you know, at one hundred beats per minute, you're still dancing to a great song, but not you wouldn't necessarily match those two beats. Mm-hmm. You would either slow down the BPM or move it up or 
um, being able to have that ear, and I think that from a young age, Matt and I, music has been a huge part of our lives. I swear on my life, Miss Classen, from our <laughs> elementary school, shout out to her, if she ever heard this. She is, she turned a whole bunch of us into musicians. There's a lot of musicians. <laughs> Berg. Yeah, side Paul, note. Like, <laughs> Brendan Brendan Berg. <laughs> Brendan Berg and I, yeah. one of my best friends in the world. And your your boyfriend. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> took you we a second to get that out. Miss, Miss, <laughs> Mrs. Glasson <laughs> took us to like we went to the Orr Festival in grade oh, five and Casey she took Junction. me and Brandon to this choir thing. She made you were music. singing? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, we were in Casey Junction. Casey Junction. What's that? Casey, Casey Junction? It's just the name of a choir. Oh. I, it's oh. it's also my initials, so I thought that was pretty cool. <laughs> but uh, yeah, she just like she made you want to go to music class. She made you want to learn everything about music. She taught us like every single old song. You you hear an old song and I'm like, oh, Miss Classen taught us that, or we know the words that. It's very interesting. I That's find cool. that that stays with you. That ooh, that like fundamental like foundation of love for music. So and that was more through her than your parents. Do you think, or do your parents make music as well? I mean, we danced to Paul Simon Graceland and <laughs> in the living room growing up, and all the great albums. Right, like they liked music as much as any other parents did. Our grandmother. Uh, our late grandmother Myrtle Mazer, best name ever. Yeah. Our dad's mom. She passed when I was about four and Matt was about six. And there's video, there's recordings of us that we've we've finally digitalized, but of her singing songs with us when we're that age. Like Jake's voice right now, like that's what we sound like oh on these videos. Gosh. And it's honestly, it's like so heartwarming. I don't have very many memories of her. My one memory is of sitting in the our old house that my dad my dad grew up in uh, very rouge thing for us to do like grow up in the house that your dad grew up in that you buy that house and yeah. everybody lives in the same neighborhood and it's yeah a lot of roots or, roots yeah roots. there's yeah. lots of roots, roots. In, in Fort Rouge South Osborne for us and uh, one of my earliest memories is sitting with her playing a guitar so um, Myrtle maybe was like our, our big influence. We have a couple uncles really into music. Uncle Bruce, Uncle Dave, all that kind of stuff. So it is a family Gra thing. Grandma Betty too. Played, Grandma Betty. We both played piano for a very short period of time when yeah. we were younger, but that wasn't nothing. That yeah, was... and Grandma and Grandpa sang at the local church. Like they're just like the best humans on earth. Hmm. They and I we sang with them a few times in church choir. It was the only time I ever went to church. For real. <laughs> we went a couple times when we were kids, but yeah, no real religious affiliate, but I'd say we're spiritual people. That would be a, yeah, Definitely. yeah, very, very in touch. Anyway, I... The, so beat matching. I'm very... So, <laughs> yeah. so, beat, so beat matching. <laughs> was one of the essential skills of DJing. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's a way to bring me back because my brain is all over the place always. And uh, anyways, my friend Steve Drago said, hey, you want to do a... Do you want a gig for me? I'm running for the New York Marathon for in honor of autism and raising funds and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, I'll give you wine and pizza. And I was like, sure, that sounds awesome. Like, <laughs> I'll DJ for wine and pizza. Turns out that was the only gig I ever did for wine and pizza. I've been hired almost every weekend or second weekend in the last four years. Nice. No, that's, a bit that's a bit of a dramatic jump, but like I do DJ two or three close. times. It is, <laughs> it is pretty close. And it, and it did segue into the reverend it did cut in we had this awesome summer i'd say four the summer we did folk fest we also did country fest we did we kind of did that like manitoba circuit tour and it was yeah. so much fun we just had the best time rolling around playing for people in our province playing at our favorite music festivals um 
And it was kind of that summer after where everyone was like, hey, want to DJ my wedding? Want to DJ my social? Want to DJ this? Want to DJ that? And I, because I was a student, I, the funds were awesome, and, but it was, it was pulling me away from music with Matt. And that sucked. Yeah. <laughs> it sucked for both of us because I, as much as I do like to DJ, it's, it's a great form of entertainment. It's a great, um, it's a great job. But it's not the same as singing. It's not that intimate sort of same relationship you have with like singing and talking to an audience. I like to talk, clearly. And <laughs> sometimes Matt has to like pull me away. But it was also like when we first started performing together, a real Matt is the one man band. For those of people that are listening, if you still kept listening to me rambling, um, that Matt is a one-man band, so he's doing everything, and I'm just backup singing. So and slapping a tambourine, bruising my thigh, most gigs. So, but I have a mic, so that's sort of my tool to be able to like talk to the audience and um, sort which of which works out fine too because she is. I'm much more introverted. You're much more extroverted, mm -hmm. and I, despite what you've been saying. Um, Performing or engaging an audience is not something that comes very natural for me whatsoever. I struggle with it big time, as a matter of fact. So we have this interesting yeah. connection where sometimes I have to pull you back a little bit, but I. <laughs> but it is nice to have Carly that can sort of get on a microphone and be super comfortable. And like that ties into some other things as well where I'm super nervous all the time when I perform and, and the not as ups. confident in myself where she just has this ability to, to be, be really confident in herself. Um, I think it's called not giving a shit. Yeah. It's uh, <laughs> an important trait to at have. At the end of the day. So it's nice because it balances me out a little bit and it gives me um, a little bit more confidence and just... I feel a little bit more comfortable in a scenario where I, it's not comfortable for me being yeah. on a stage in front of a bunch of people at all. So then how did you get into performing? Yeah, yeah, that was the next question. Where does the ra Reverend Rambler start? Ah, uh, the Reverend Rambler. Well, I played in a band in grade five. Gherkin. No, this that's oh. Green Monkey. That predates, oh, that predates Gherkin. <laughs> Uh, with, Big pickle uh, fan. Pardon? Do you like pickles? Is that why it was called gherkin? Uh, it was sort of a, just a totally <laughs> random thing, and that was my first time singing in a band in grade five with Green Monkey and learning how to make music with Gary and Jeff Eastman, <laughs> and uh, which they later transitioned into a band we were in in grade seven called Gherkin with Brendan mm -hmm. and uh, Tim Haverluck who's a, a local musician, lead man of the Tims, one of my biggest musical inspirations, especially, like, as a finger-picking guitar player. And I've got, Carly's, to, I've got to sing with him lots, yeah, too. Yeah, played with him lots. We fight more, like, brother and sister, but we <laughs> perform really well together. <laughs> and then I was in a punk band in the mid-2000s. What was that called? Uh, Discontent. Just Holy crap, I forgot, wow. like, I forgot about that. Was that was the first one, and then stripped the label. Wow. And then, uh... So punk, bro. Yeah, and then I... <laughs> Except I also thought of just, like, ripping a peel <laughs> off the standard. <laughs> and that the was label. fun, that was an am amazing time in my life. Playing skate punk and, and doing that kind of thing, and, um... 
And then later on, when did the Reverend Rambler start exactly? Well, Red get, River Ramblers. Yeah, okay, so right? the, there was the Red River Ramblers, was the <laughs> band I was in with uh, Tim Haverluck, myself, Tim Haverluck. Um, Charles. What's Derek's last name? Not Derek Allard. I think that's. Page? Derek Emery? Emery. Um, and Charles oh, Mandeman. Right. And uh, <laughs> so it was like a great country punk, sort of cow punk, blues that's sort 10, of influence. 10, yeah. 10 years then, ago. Yeah, it was, it was 10 a, was because a long time ago. we played, uh, do you guys remember Dylan's on Pemina? Yeah. My dad rented it out for his 50th Hawaii Five O party. Our dad is Smart. such <laughs> a character. <laughs> and he loves a good party. Like, I, I come by it, honestly. And he threw this massive shaker for his 50th at Dylan's, and the Red River Ramblers played. And I got up and sang a couple songs with you guys. And that, that was 10 years ago because dad just turned 60. Right? <laughs> Speaking of that, I think I think so. Um, and th so I guess the birth of the Reverend Rambler itself is why I started writing more like singer songwriting mm -hmm. tunes or things that didn't necessarily fit into the Red River Ramblers. Right. Mm -hmm. So, so I heard a story from Brendan, which was that you and him used to play guitar together and be able to kind of teach each other and catch up with each other. And you went on a trip, and then you came back, and he's just like, well. I can't keep up anymore. <laughs> what did he learn while he was gone? Everything. So, like, what was that trip? Well, I don't and know if it was a, a, a trip specifically, but, like, after high school, he would have taught me a lot about guitar, but from the age of six... So I got a guitar when I was 16, but the, from the age of 16 to 25, I was a little bit of a, a hack. Like, I played guitar a little bit. Um, more of a singer. I was, like, I was the singer in the punk rock band started playing I started off as the bass player um, and just sort of hacked my way through it like I could do it and then and this sort of ties into the birth of the Reverend Rambler too at around the age of 25 or 26 you know writing these punk songs it, at some point it, for me it just became a little bit disingenuous like I'm singing about these things and I'm kind of like oh I'm sort of a, a privileged like not really I like to think I've earned everything I have in this life but singing about things that I'm not necessarily directly connected to and mm -hmm. just sort of punk didn't resonate with me as as much at some point and discovered blues and country music and that that did there was something about it that just I that drew me towards um, that type of music and at that point I think I just started learning how to play more fingerstyle guitar which is what Brendan would probably be referring to because yeah, I don't maybe. think I'm I not think... a good guitar player. I would go on the record to say that. Oh my! But God. I can do <laughs> I can do some things that are are less typical, particularly with like Travis picking and country blues stuff. Travis picking, what is that? So Travis picking is like Show playing. Us, no, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Pick up a guitar. It's like an alternating bass pattern. Okay. So you're it's basically the skill of making one guitar sound like two. Mm. So you're playing bass patterns. So he's not very strings. good. Yeah, I was just yeah, saying, not, bad not guitar players yeah. can't do that. But if you put me in a blues jam, I would drown. I would be exposed for, well, not being able to do that, that very well. So then that's when the Reverend Rambler kind of came into play as I was writing these singer-songwriting type I tunes, and then I sort of started being able to play a style of guitar, um, 
and then was in Kelowna and I was by myself and it just sort of morphed into this thing where I started playing percussion with my feet and I could do this style of guitar that sounded like two guitars and sing at the same time. So when you mash that all together, the one man band It's full. It's a full It sound. became a thing where mm-hmm. people could like hear it in a different room and think it was a a band. <laughs> so having all of this why didn't you want to just have someone playing percussion so that you could focus on... on That's totally my question, too, because yeah. you're just saying, like, no, I, don't nec- I don't like performing, but I'm going to do all of it. Yeah, do it all at once. <laughs> so, just, yeah, exactly. The, the solution to that is a band, so yeah. you decided to do it on your own. Why yeah, is that? I don't know. I'm a very much a contradiction. <laughs> very much. I think, Matt, like, a little bit of it from, like, my perspective, being your little sister, but when you move back, like... You wanted to be on your own schedule and your own time, and and you didn't want to have to rely on other people to have to like bring another sound. Like I'll just create it myself. Mm-hmm. And then these songs started pouring out of you. Like you were writing so much music at that point. I have three or four albums that I just don't like, have time to. Right. You guys, so have are a you a perfectionist? Yeah. Yeah. And and <laughs> and so we're man, we're all over the place a little bit, but too, but anxiety. I know we've talked a little bit about that. Yeah, That's for sure. Something that I is a big problem for me and is connected to music and performing very much. Not only it it exists for me way outside of that as well, but so that's a part of not feeling confident in yourself or not want, you know, but I could do it. And I liked, I love music. And, And so it's, again, it's a bit of a contradiction because me playing music makes me feel better. Happy. Connecting with yeah. other musicians and learning how to do it. Makes me feel wonderful, but then having to go and perform it in front of other people, where they can judge it, and that's where things start to get. So, so we have a this little tricky for we have this incredibly yeah. talented musician who is full of anxiety that like loves to perform, but it's hard to get him on stage and get these things going. And then we have somebody on the opposite end of the spectrum who like doesn't really get like I actually like. I know how good he sounds, so it's for me. It's just this. Like I'm just always like, it's gonna be great. It's gonna like be great. Pulling then, out, yeah. right? And then I'm I'm pulling it. But I for me, it's like, people love what you make. People love the sound that you produce, Matt. So just be confident in that and get the, let allow that to be your sort of guide onto the stage, right? And then mm-hmm. that everything else will just flow. And but I I almost <laughs> I'm on the opposite end that like. I'm the person who doesn't hand in the paper. I hands in the paper without reading it first, right? Like I, mm. I'm just like this is my product. This is what I'm. This is what I'm giving you. If it's, it's not good enough, it's not the best that I can do. But I know it's something, and I, I feel like the two of our energies, like we meet in the middle. Like I'm able to like pull him in enough to get him to perform, and he's he pulls me to drive me to be the best that I can try to be. So it's kind of, I've never really thought of it like that before but it is like very very, (laughs) very different energies and on the opposite end of the spectrum where perfectionism is so far from anything that i've ever cared about right and wanting to just perform performing gives me so much joy and being in front of people brings me so much joy that their energy get feeds into mine and i know i see it in matt after that one, two, third song and people start relaxing and getting into the show, like, and then people just, like, swarming him at the end. Like, I'm not, I'm not saying, like, like, teenage throb, <laughs> that kind of, th- but, like, people are just genuinely, like, and Matt gives the time to his fans. Like, he talks to everybody after, and I just think that's such a genuine, like, 
incredible part of you as a musician that like you want to give that time and energy to people that like I really like that set that was a great set can yeah. I buy your CD Matt's still shocked when people want to buy his CD I'm not comfortable with the term fan either <laughs> do you know what I mean like that's connoisseur that people that want to people that want to spend their money on his CD and he's like thank you so much it's like Matt you just gave them an awesome show and people want to hear more of your music right so it's I'm still after a decade of playing music together I'm still like yeah of course they want That's your music. The thing. Like you just, you know, <laughs> yeah. like it's it's kind of I always think about like Do you uh, have like modest parents as well or do you like reflect one of your parents one or more so than the other? Yeah. I, I yes. I don't <laughs> They're not musicians though. Like they right. appreciate music. What is the product that they produce? Like do they garden or like is there something that they Athleticism. are Athleticism. I think is something. Yeah, we yeah was yeah. a genetic handout from them. Yeah, we both are quite athletic. That's like a big yeah big thing both in our lives and both of our parents are incredibly incredible musicians. My mom is our mom is way more a she likes things done a certain way mm-hmm. and she's very particular about things being done a specific like way. Matt. Yeah, yeah, very totally. much like yeah. Matt. Which is very funny much. because it took me years to realize that because mm-hmm. I look like my father. A ton, and I talk like him, and I act like him, but the personality traits are... So uh, that's why we look nothing alike. Like, people are like, that's your... People often, it's so annoying, they're like, is this your husband? I'm like, (laughs) my goddamn brother. (laughs) It's so annoying, but it's whatever, it is what it is. We don't look a thing alike. I don't even think we have, like... I think if you had a beard, though, if you grew up a beard, (laughs) I think think it would look, yeah. A lumberjack beard? I I can see the resemblance. Oh, I don't, other than my, like, maybe my unibrow, but, like, (laughs) also got from dad, thanks. And he, so we, I feel like, although we are spitting images of what our parents look like, we've swapped personalities. My dad is super laid back about stuff, like, he doesn't, some things. I just feel like it's, like, on a mic, so now it's, like, recorded, so whatever, it's fine. But, yeah, no, dad, my dad is, is a lot more relaxed about stuff, like me, and just not necessarily is as particular as necess- as hmm. Linda and, and Maddie. So, have you guys been performing together since you started as Reverend Rambler, or did Carly come in at some point? No, it, start, again, it started off with me mm-hmm. just trying to find a, a name for particular songs that I was writing that didn't fit in with the Red River Ramblers or sort of just wanting to like have a name associated with this other thing I was doing. Mm-hmm. I don't even know when, like it's, I guess it would have started in Kelowna a little bit. Yeah. Um, Who he was living there at the time with his now wife and beautiful mother of two children. <laughs> and, um, and then. So, I don't think we've talked about Jen yet, so I really wanted to heard of Jenny Lee. Is in there. <laughs> I don't even know when it actually fully started. That's she was just I, on stage I, one day. Do you remember? Wait, wait, I, sounds well, good. <laughs> Keep going. Okay, so do you remember like, the first show or anything like that? I I have no recollection. I do. Of that. Oh my god, I do. Of course, the little sister remembers the first show. <laughs> well, on stage and I with do Big because Brother, right? this is like a really significant thing. Like Matt struggled with some of those same proud, like anxiety, depression stuff in high school. And we didn't really connect. Like, we, I desperately wanted to be his friend and get attention from him, but, like, he just wasn't interested. And he had a lot of friends in whom I have now befriended, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, Brendan is a close friend of mine and Matt Raffi. Like, all these 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 friends of his in his life have now, I mean, when you're adults, like, that's 
what tends to happen. But I desperately wanted his attention, and I, I feel like our relationship really began like in a significant way is when we found music and I'm super grateful for that because it is this one avenue that allows us to have um, a strong connection we're really different people and I think that it's important to have really different people in your life if you're hanging out with people that are all the same as you I'd probably get nothing done ever I would be like a traveling vagabond somewhere in Europe or <laughs> like I don't know what I would be doing but I think that it's important to have other personalities in your life um, but Matt and I found this like this mutual love of music. Our first show was with Kevin Bones. <laughs> the shades in, in between. The shades <laughs> in between. Okay, so the shades in between was this like three piece band. I was actually playing guitar. We did like an acoustic. I speaking of shitty guitar players, I am a shitty guitar player. I know how to play eight chords. Matt, she's got to do something. Is she about a it. shitty guitar player? Oh well, well, yeah. She. So that's my thing too. Is because like, he he's saying he's shitty, and you're like, no, he's not. So now I gotta like. Yeah. Ask she doesn't <laughs> practice or do it enough. Yeah, hundred like, percent. That's the thing. Right. Would you say that you're a guitar player at no. all? I can play eight chords around. So, like, if you can play, if you can play three chords, be on a guitar, guitar player. No, <laughs> and like, if you can play three guitar, like. Around a campfire, people hand me the guitar and say, play your three go-to songs. And I'm always like, I am so over these songs. Why haven't I learned any new songs in, in 15 <laughs> so years? So do that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to teach you how to play guitar. That's been an open it's, invitation oh, for a while. Did we been, just kickstart something here? <laughs> he had a I, signed... It was my birthday present last year. To Christmas, her, like, I think. Christmas. Anyways, he made he wonderfully constructed this binder of like music that we've sang together. We've done a lot of weddings together and like sang people down the aisle together. Um, a lot of stuff that we've done. So he had compiled all this music in a binder together and was like, free guitar lessons for life. And he like signed it. It was very sweet. I haven't cashed it in yet. I really should. I would love to play. I would love to learn how to play It's on the record now, so. I know. I know. It is. And people are going to hear you. So Shades in Between. Oh, yeah. yeah. It wasn't really, I don't even know if that was the beginning of the Reverend Rambler, but. No, no, no. But it was the first time that we played music together. Yeah, and I I guess those were somewhat of the songs that didn't fit. Mm-hmm. In with the Red River Ramblers, although we did play a couple Red River Rambler songs. I'd have to. I have those set lists like written down. When and what, so I would have been twenty six at the time, and discovered like the the folk festival, young performers. Right. Oh yeah. At the age of twenty six, <laughs> so we wanted to do that. So that's sort of where 25, that band. Remember? Well, we I had to lie about oh. my age. We lied about my age to like because the limit is twenty five, right, or twenty four. I think, I think it's 25. I think 25. it's 25, yeah. too. Yeah. And I don't think that we lied about your age. I think it was maybe no, it was Kev's. Me or and yours. Bones were a year, a year too old. <laughs> Sorry, Folkfest. <laughs> we are. We are, yeah. But him a good show. So don't apologize for to Folkfest. Apologize to that kid who didn't get their opportunity yeah. because you oh, took it. True. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, future music. But that, that was great. Like, Sorry for breaking your dreams. That, uh, that experience was amazing. We we were in a group with Alison DeGroot. Oh my god. Now like a world renowned banjo, banjo player. Yeah, she's a player. Wonderful. Carly Dow. Carly Dow. Um Lindsay White was also in our group yeah. then. So like all these musicians have gone on to do fabulous, fabulous things. Lindsay White is actually my cousin's voice vocal teacher. No way. Yeah. Small world. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think Lindsay is super cool. We need to She's get her amazing. on the show. We need to get this on the record that we yes. need to get her yeah, on Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get her on the show for sure. But that was I, all it took for 10 years, but I've only <laughs> seen her excel and yeah. just do beautiful things. And that's the... 
I mean, just to like shout out, honestly, the, the music community in Winnipeg, like you, like anything you do in Winnipeg, if you support, you get supported back. And I feel like the, the community of Winnipeg musicians is like one of the best ever. It's a beautiful community to be a part of mm -hmm. and to be able to just like collaborate and talk to, and you always see bands doing shows together and people coming out to each other's shows and Tim being one of the owners of Goodwill, like, of course, I've been exposed to so many different beautiful bands, and now there's this whole slew of young kids doing bands that I'm like, I feel so out of the loop. Yeah. I feel so old. I'm like, people are, like, are oh, I'm going to so-and-so show, and this show, and this show, and I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, I, I mean, we are both teachers now, and it's not like I can get out to weekday shows as much as... As I can, like, you got to pick and choose, right? But yeah. it is—it's an incredible community of, of people that you just feel supported, and you feel like I play in a cover band, the Pink Socks, and it's a <laughs> rotating—it's a rotating dish of of some of the best musicians in Winnipeg. So, like, I feel so honored that Julian brought me in for that. Um, it's it's really cool, and that so that was the beginning of of us playing together. And then we had this like little. Did we establish that very concretely? Yeah. No, so that seven. was at Folk Fest, Young Performers. Was the first time you played together? No, we had that one show at Free House. Do you guys remember Free House? You guys? No, 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 no. no. Young. <laughs> oh no, no. The, the birth of the Reverend Rambler is. I don't. I don't totally know. That's yeah. the mystery, though. That's yeah. so that the shades in between mystery. wasn't yeah. really the Reverend Rambler. No, but sort but, of but the question legend. of when we started playing music together. Yeah. So did you practice at home? Were you in the same? No, I get. Well, were you in the same home when you? Where were you living at that point? You and Jen were probably Rathgar. Yeah. Maybe yeah, we're across the street from like, yeah, Bergen Rafi's house now. Well, no, in or in Rathgar. Uh, in yeah. 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 Totally. In Brandon's house. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of bird talk. I love yeah. it. Yeah. But it, he's a huge part of our lives. I like how you point at me every time I know, you say I it, like too. It. <laughs> Do, am I supposed to fulfill it in this plan? Libby's <laughs> <laughs> like, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, and it was, it was, I think it was then that we started playing for real music together and that people really enjoyed and started, started noticing that. When did you produce your first album? What year was that? Not till 2012. Yeah, I don't. I, don't I feel like totally he let know. the songs just like pile up, and then he was kind of, and then everyone was like, "You gotta make an album, dude." Well, like, that that's the thing too. I, I have a ton of music I've never that no one produced ever will hear. Um, maybe, mm, maybe I'll re-record it or do it, and that's sort of something I'm working on, trying to be a little bit less of like a perfectionist. Even the the album that I did record and release, half of it's improvised, mm -hmm. literally like off the floor, mm -hmm. improvised because I never really took the time to like write the songs out, which yeah, is sort of how the Reverend Rambler works <laughs> now, also. Yeah, and a coll collaboratively, like we so now in our we'll just like scoot into nowadays, like for the Reverend now, and it's. Um, we get the pleasure of working with Richard Bolton on the bass and uh, Derek Mickelson on the old harp, and those two guys have just been so awesome to to play with, and they're just two of the best guys in the world. The um, band, they're the the band, the, the Wicked World. The Wicked World is the the new I, name. We struggled a long time <laughs> with trying to identify like, is the Reverend Rambler a band? Um, where I was always like, the Reverend Rambler's me. Yeah. Um, 
who was a one-man band with a band. <laughs> doesn't totally... The Reverend Rondler Doesn't totally band. make sense. Yeah. yeah, it's true. Yeah. So and, it's called... That combination is called the Wicked World? Wicked World. So, like, the Reverend Rambler and the Wicked World? When with we perform okay. with him. Right? Oh. Because, oh, yeah, yeah. So what happened, too, is when... Okay, sorry. To no, tie no. in... Of course. To tie in... Um, to tie in the Kate Chetteth stuff, it was, like, two weeks no two months two, sorry two months ago two years ago when that summer was like i was playing a lot of gigs so what happened was matt was like okay well i want to play this show but i guess you're busy so you actually developed an incredible stage presence on your own and your own sort of set that was just reverend rambler so i feel like that really ignited this whole like solo real solo performance often when we play he plays three or four on his own anyways and then i just jump on stage so to me, it's always like I've just been a part of his solo act, right? Like I've never, until somebody asks you after, you know, like you sing with your brother, right? Like he's the Rev- he's the Reverend Rambler. Like that's I never I never excuse or like say anything. Who I am? I get introduced, like you introduce me, but it's Reverend Rambler and Sister Carly. Yeah, yeah. It's... But if we're at playing at like the many festivals that we have, like it's not like it's the Reverend Rambler and Sister Carly. It's just the Reverend Rambler, and I'm just like a part of his show mm-hmm. which i've never until this moment even really thought about like i i feel like it's always it's your music you've written it you've produced it all that kind of stuff so like i've just always felt like the the addition to his shows and i'm good with that like i i feel like that's a good thing you add a lot too <laughs> thanks <laughs> so, give you some so how different is a reverend rambler show without sister carly good question it's more difficult, more nerve-wracking. Yeah. Although, it, as I say that out loud, um, over the last summer, and now that I've probably done a year and a half, two years of like playing by myself, um, I have become a little bit more comfortable with it. And there is a freedom to not having to, to have a band in mm-hmm. the sense that I can do whatever I want, I can change things on the fly... Totally. Um, I don't have to follow a set list. Um, and then just the practicality of trying to be a dad and a teacher working, you know, working my ass off, <laughs> trying to get four people in the same room, to four rehearse old for a people, show. four professionals in the same yep. room to practice for a show is, is challenging. It's yep. hard for me to even find two hours to practice music or write music which is something I struggle with a lot because mm-hmm. um, it's usually like oh I have a gig where someone's paying me money <laughs> I better not look like an idiot and practice for an hour and a half okay so it's nice to have that ability to just practice and you don't have to wait for the bassist or you know exactly. it's a little bit else. more practical a little <clears throat> less fun <laughs> <laughs> And it's a true, bit, eh? Yeah, a little bit more nerve-wracking when you, it's like, it's all on you. So, you were saying you had a lot of songs ready for your first album. Was, like, when you recorded a song, were you thinking, like, this is going to go here and this? Or was it just, okay, I want to do an album, this one, this one, and maybe this one? Like, it, how was your process? Well, Greg, my... my And I... It's like... <laughs> the huh. old band... Um, consisted of me and my, my good friend Sean Moulton and Carly. Sean Moulton played harmonica. And I met Greg Arcade. 
and he um, initially wanted to produce the album, and he had this record, Golden Oak um, Records, and he still has that going. So he sort of took a producer role on, and mm. I'm very grateful for that because he he very much guided the process and was responsible for it even being created. With uh, honestly, without or- without him, I don't know if it ever would have yep. been made. No, he was mm. he's incredibly organized, and he has a he's an incredible ear and sense of music, and and he's he. he He's very successful in his career. In so, his like, two career. type A's in the same room, sort of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Made it work. totally. Yeah, and he was, re- and I actually <laughs> sang with his band too. Yeah. <laughs> I was, I backup sang with him for about a year because he wanted me on some of his projects, and so, yeah, he's he was in a, he has a, he had a lot going on at the time too. Like, he has a lot of his own musical projects, yeah. and he deserves a lot of credit for making that first album, album. Um, totally that album happen at all, and then later became. Uh, a member of the band, and then that was the Reverend Rambler band for a while, and that all imploded. <laughs> but, um, three but years? I still, three year, two or three yeah, years. I still have a huge amount of respect and love for both of those guys, and that was like a different crazy time, and <laughs> that could be an entire different podcast just talking about. But we're that really we're, we're grateful for the time that we got to spend with them and and perform with them. They were. It, we had a really great thing. The four of us had like a super awesome thing. Greg had this stand-up bass that he could like literally lift in the air and play behind his head. Like he is theatrical and talented, <laughs> right? Like can you just imagine it I'm right now? I'm trying to picture it. It was like more punk rock. It, it was it a was, wild, crazy it was, show. But then what, what came with that was with a that lot wild of the other craziness. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. It oh, was yeah. like that yeah. existed off of the stage as well, and ultimately. Um, it didn't work for us. It didn't. That's all. Didn't. And I mean, my reflecting upon that, my my own anxiety was a big part of that implosion. Yeah. As, as totally. Well. But um, yeah, he made that happen. <laughs> Golden Oak That's Records awesome. and, and Greg Arcade was a huge part of making that happen. And now, and I the have, part of our history, the part of like yeah, our yeah. totally history, it's totally part of the legend. <laughs> <laughs> I need someone to kind of help me make the next two, which were and it's and it's, uh, it's <coughs> the fabric though, like right, like every every story has its its components to it, and they were huge components in the story and the makeup of of playing music together, and we're grateful for it. And that came to an end, and 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 then we. We shifted into like the newer version of the Reverend Rambler, and which is funny too because it's like there's a struggle with control and time, and we've been a band, The Wicked World, even though it was named somewhat recently. Mm-hmm. These songs that we're wanting to put on an album, they're two, two and a half, three years old. Totally. So yeah, we've been I then, performing them for a long time. I I then in that time have written a bunch more <laughs> that are more just like Reverend Rambler solo. Solo. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So, uh, it's something that I struggle with is like trying to be a teacher and a dad and like a semi-professional musician is a term I use sometimes, but I don't. Like of if course, you, if you <laughs> Google, <laughs> if you Google the Reverend Rambler or, or go on YouTube, it's a really poor representation of um, of what I do. And check, check out the hashtag on Instagram because I've done a really good job of that. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's our that's our presence on on social media. Is our is this is the hashtag? But yeah, there's lots of Matt struggles with even like me 
you know, like he needs to like see something before I post it, which I totally get in this day and age. And I, I respect and, but if I'm like, it's raw, it's good. Let's just like toss it up. Right. Like, because, because exposure and like we can, you can get lost in, in the millions of bands that are now available at the, at your fingertip, some shitty, some amazing, some mediocre. Right. So let the audience decide whether they want to watch it or not. Right. Mm -hmm, Like throw up what you think is, and that's, and that's, that's my own philosophy. It's just, but also you've been getting a DJ gig every weekend so maybe that's a good idea yeah and it's just something and and but truly like we can't even say yes to all the gigs like right. we, we have yeah. to be super particular and I'm not in an opportunity where I can can say oh so then music. it's kind of like a weird cycle I, of like where mm-hmm. do you jump into it totally yeah. totally no. we've said yes to a couple amazing uh, good friends of mine for weddings but these have to be like eight months in advance planned yeah set out rehearsal times like stuff like that like we just did our friends uh, my friend Scott and Alicia's wedding last weekend and we had a riot and everybody was dancing and it was the best time and like I feel like you always have that like it's always stressful and it's even stressful for me right because me and Tim DJ'd after so it's kind of like this like massive production but then it's like in the middle of it you're just kind of like looking out and everyone's like it's a wedding, so clearly everyone's having the best time. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but it, you know what? It's, it's just that indicator of like, oh, man, we are making music that people really enjoy. And that is like, that's what it's worth. Like, that's what it's all about at the end of the day is just making music that people enjoy. And people really enjoy your sound. Yeah. Is there something, like, have you considered, since you were saying that you have so much music... Have you considered just like sitting down with like your phone or like tapes is something that has become this romantic idea that you can just toss like raw recordings on a tape and start selling those? Like right. even that like sort mm-hmm. of that yeah. not perfection is the thing that makes them so beautiful yeah, and yeah, cool. Yeah. And like if you have all of that music, have you just thought of just like, OK, I need to get it out so that someone can hear it yeah. sometime ever like. It's oh, got to be to- hard totally. to ditch that, though. Huh? It's got to be hard to ditch that, like, when you want to craft something and you want it to be well done and perfect, your vision of it. Yeah, it's yeah, like a I weird cycle. Sorry, we've totally oh, no. just, like, no. stumbled your brain now. But that's, a very, that's very well said, and, and, like, that's some psyche stuff, like, for him that just, like, yeah. doesn't want to, like, like, he, he wants it to sound, right? Like, you want I it to I need to learn how specific... to get out of my own way. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. To some extent, and it's just—it's it's com- very well said. It's complex. I think a lot of artists in general can probably relate to like having to balance. I don't even like calling myself an artist. It, I'm uncomfortable with that as well. But like, <laughs> you believe that this this <laughs> finding the time to like be a human being who has to support themselves and pay bills and balance like doing this other creating your art which yeah. just makes you feel good. And like, that's why I play music is just cause it, it makes me feel happy. And then it just so happens that other people are like, Oh, you should do this and have told me to go up on a stage. And, and okay. now, we'll pay you. and now I can be like really making music. That's my spending money. Every other dime in our lives is like, bills, bills, accounted bills. For. it um, is, it really is. But like artistically the Reverend Rambler, it's, it's interesting. It's something that I've struggled with as a performer and just sharing the, the art that I've created and always feeling like it's the Reverend Rambler has operated at like 40% of its Capacity. potential. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's something that I honestly feel. Hmm. 
So is... in a perfect world, when would we get the next Reverend Ramper? <laughs> I have no, I have no idea how to how to begin answering well, that question. Like, we've been work. We worked this summer with the Collector Studio, our our friends that we grew up with, both both Fort Rouge or South Osborne, yeah. Gr- Will Grierson and Arthur Anthony, and like they, those guys are. Just, they're amazing at what they do. Record there if you're a musician. Yeah. They're laid back. They're awesome at what they do. And they just make you, like, they make us feel super at home. And because they're friends, it's easy to, and easy to sort of, like, share that feedback. And so we spent an awesome two days with those guys. So all that music is is sitting there in the cloud. Yeah. Waiting it could. I should. I should. I Isn't should everything just, in the cloud yeah. these days? <laughs> It is, <laughs> although I just keep it on a hard drive because I'm worried that it may get like, yes, spilled true, out. True, so true. Like, oh. that's my my obsessiveness. Yeah, um, but we yeah. So that was Derek, me, Matt, and Richard, uh, who sat who spent two days with those guys, and just, it sounds so much fun. It's so fun. Yeah, we'll we'll get we'll get there. I, I need to figure it out. I'm I need to figure out how to just be more confident in what I do and less afraid to just be like this is. This is something that I created. This is something that we created. Yeah. You just need a Here. Carly on your shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> you know? You have a devil and a Carly, and you just need yeah. Carly to kick that devil's ass, right? Totally. You just want... You always want something, like, you hear a song in your head, and when you share it, you want it to be, like, what I envision in my head, and that's probably a problem <laughs> <laughs> for me. Yeah, yeah. I think something we talked to Peter Thomas about was something that, like, when you already know in your head what you want it to look like, you're going to be disappointed. Yeah. Because when once it gets onto paper, it's not it's not that yet, or Mm -hmm. it never will be that because Mm -hmm. imagination is so much more powerful than like you being able to produce it. So you you can't do it. So don't have your mind set on something when you start creating, which is. One of my favorite podcasts. Right? And it's like thinking about the destination, right? If you're not like, if you're not just enjoying everything that's happening along the way, and like this could be very about like life in general, but really just like there's a bunch of people that really like your sound and they'd really like to hear. This is my personal challenge to you. (laughs) (laughs) Great. I need, I I need that sort of motivation. Yeah. And it's just that like, I mean, where there's so many people, family, friends included, like there's a community out there that like really love and support Matt and his music and his vision. And it's just like, yeah, having another album out would be just so much fun. I, I personally would be. And it's so fun to be a part of that, like part of that project and a part of that, that energy and what he's putting out in the music. And I just believe in it a lot too, right? Not just because you're my brother. I, I, there's a lot of like, you produce stuff that people want to hear. So it's time. 2018. Just kidding. It's almost the end of yeah. the <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm starting to sweat. <laughs> that deadline. Does your, do your parents come to your shows? All of them? Or yeah. are they like uh, not all of them? No, on it now. The be- like the I'd say the most fun ones are like music fest summer music festivals when you get to like the seven o'clock time slot because then yeah. you bring grandma and grandpa and Jake can come now and like Jen and everybody like that it's more like a family friendly time. But we some of our most memorable shows have been at times change at one in the morning and you go into your second set and everybody's having the best time ever and like you know those are some really memorable. 
memorable shows as well. But I gotta say, Festival de Voyager, like mm. Julian's had us out for the last six, seven years, maybe. I was gonna ask you, dude. Lucky you... duck. Yeah. <laughs> are, are we booked this year? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't talk to you, Julian. <laughs> uh, we, yeah, no, it's it's honestly because that that show is like everybody's. You kind of you already have the audience, right? But then you have half the audience that has seen Matt and has already been exposed to his music and that energy, and the what the audience gives you at Festival is just mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. some of our. It's it's basically what gets me through January <laughs> because you're like Festival is in February, and then you get to we get to play this fun show, and I get to attend a bunch of fun shows, and yeah. you get to be a part of this. Like Julian has done an incredible job at at curating that that festival. <laughs> like I'm upset. I'm. That is the best part of winter to me in Winnipeg, yeah. hands down. Such a Winnipeg thing too. Like January is right? so miserable that you're miserable. just looking forward to festival. Like it's miserable. January yeah. is miserable. You get to you get to skate on a river and pretend like it's fun, but the wind is like freezing, and you're like, this is so cool and fun. So happy I live here. Yeah. <laughs> and then February comes along, and it's always yeah, I could skate to work fun. almost. Yeah, no, I'm not going to, but I, I like that's like, a thing you want to do. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, have you ever skated to work? I'm like, no, but I I would love to one day. It's like you don't want to. <laughs> yeah, it's too, it's actually too cold to yeah. go out, but like it's fun still, and yeah. the fact that we can say it. But yeah, it's it is. I'd say that is one of our most memorable. Like, and every year it's like Derek and Richard. Like, we that's the one show we know we're all gonna like play at, and like it's just so, it's such a good time, so much fun, and and. We're privileged to have the opportunity totally. to play music in this province, and that people are interested in seeing us play. That concept in itself, I sometimes. <laughs> I'm like, really? <laughs> Let's get into that. Like, why do you think people want to see you? No Carly allowed. Mm-hmm. Just you tell I mean, us. I have no idea. Yes, I you do. That. Come on, come on. <laughs> ah, how do you... How do I answer that question? Well, why? Be confident. Yeah, why do you... Um, <laughs> you just thinking... I don't know. Pretend you're Carly describing it's, yourself. <laughs> it's a fun show. It's something unique and and different, I believe. Um, fuck, I have no idea. I don't know why. That's. I want to talk about the first time I saw you play, which was at Bike Bike mm. at the Goodwill. Someone brought that up. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And the entire Goodwill was shaking. Yeah, it was, that was terrifying a, because that was cool. they were jumping to his, like, kick, right? Mm-hmm. And the whole place was boom. The whole. P- I was like. Does this place have a basement? We're going to go through the floor, guys. Like, do not feel the <laughs> floor the bending. Or the building owner. Yeah, like, it was okay. actually, like, a little bit scary because it was like, <laughs> this place is shaking. And wow. everybody there was just ready to dance and have a good time, which was one of the most amazing things. And you're just, like, screaming. You had to, to be over the sound of people mm-hmm. jumping. It was well, fascinating. So, thank you. Thank you. That does lead me towards, like... When I write songs, and the Reverend Rambler is very much like country blues um, dance music. There is like uh, Such a funny this trancey, not just like you know, like R.L. Burnside, Junior Kimbrough. They play th- this music. I think also with the Travis picking, it's a style of music that is very connected to rhythm and things mm-hmm. that make you wanna move. Move, move mm-hmm. around and shake and stomp your feet, and um, and that's good for me too. Because once you can kind of get in that groove, that's when I'm able to lose myself and I stop thinking about um, do I sound good? What does that person in the blue shirt think 
of what I'm doing right now. Is that sometimes a thought? Like oh, yeah. Singling try, out people? Try, like, playing drums with your feet, Travis picking, <laughs> singing, and, like, analyzing people's <laughs> reactions <laughs> oh, in the It's more like, what's the next lyric to this to this verse of my own song that I forget? Mm-hmm. Um, wow. But then you can see people going wild and crazy and losing themselves in the crowd, and then that's I'm able to kind of go like, oh, all right, something's happening right Who now. Here's what the next yeah, is. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I am they able to get out of my own the first head. one. <laughs> yeah, and that's that's when it's just a beautiful thing for me because I'm able to like get out of my own way and just be involved in this this connection with the crowd where it's like something really great is happening get right now and I'm a way. part of it. <laughs> yeah. That's a good. I'm a you pretty big part down. of it. I think the next, the name of the next album. Get out of my own way. <laughs> that should be the album title of your next yeah. album. Title. Getting <laughs> out of my own way. Get get. I don't know. Whatever. I'm I'm, I'm so learning. bad at coming up with shit. Like you know, that. he'll come up with it. He, <laughs> no, it'll take another ten years. <laughs> <laughs> I'm running out of time. That's. I'm and I'm learning that too. To just to like to mature as a human being as and as an adult and just be more positive and how to be more mentally healthy mm-hmm. um, because it's like music at times has been horrible it, like, uh, like anxiety for yeah, yeah like yeah. the whole folk fest experience for me was a little bit tarnished by my own anxiety I my wife it was also 45 degrees that weekend yeah. every day yeah. no. I've never felt that hot in my life my, 2015 folk fest Holy crap! Hey, I almost got a heat stroke there. For real, right? Yeah, like, that's but I was a real scared because I didn't want to tell anybody because I'm like, if they send me home in an ambulance, then that would suck. That's a major bummer. Yeah, <laughs> so I just like come back. Sat underwater, like I had like a volunteer shift, and I just like drank a bunch of water and like sat under the tap, and I was just like, leave me here. It's bad, <laughs> and toothpaste all around me too me. because that's where people brush their yeah. teeth yeah. under the thing. On the rocks. Like, Toothpaste clumps everywhere, and Sounds I'm just like, leave me fest. here to die. <laughs> folk fest campground. Yeah. 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 And that's just, Hot. like, so on top of that anxiety, throw the heat, and then, but for real, I know a lot of people say folk fest is, like, musically speaking, highlight of my entire life. Mm-hmm. 100%. And I don't know, Matt, if I can, I don't know if it was for you, too, but we got to work with musicians from around the world. Like, that whole folk fest committee, like, they are, Chris and his team, like, they bring great music from all parts of the globe to Winnipeg and then you get to do workshops which is which is um a Winnipeg thing mm-hmm. is it a Canadian thing or a Winnipeg thing uh it is a little bit unique to the Winnipeg Folk Festival but yeah. I, I think lots of people try to do that I think I think and I so know. here we are like playing with you know three-piece famous bands from the states or how um, did that feel for you terrifying yeah that's where I'm coming <laughs> from is and that's what I was gonna talk about is like um in there's this thing called imposter syndrome right which yeah. is something was very much huh something that i i felt and still feel where you're playing music with these touring bands and acts that are like this is what they do they play music that's what they do professionally For a living. me i'm kind of like this is what i do sometimes <laughs> and like Got to practice for two and a half hours before getting up in front of a thousand people. But, um... <laughs> Dinosaur upstairs. Yeah, I yeah. Him. Boom! <laughs> <laughs> but the Reverend Ramblers, there's big things coming down the line. I'm figuring it out. Yeah. Is, yeah. As, you know, 30-something adult 
just figuring out how to be a healthy human being and embracing like being a performer that people like and and maybe this is the pot guys maybe sitting here right now in front of these <laughs> mics is like what's gonna ignite the fire up your ass and you get to Ooh. listen to it right you get to send it to everybody and be like haha hold them look how, <laughs> look how loud and annoying i am and how chill my brother is <laughs> yeah no but it's true i feel like it's so much of of this journey has been about like different sections and like we we've overcome quite a bit too in this in this path of your of your music and uh, he's inspired me like i've given myself how old am i i'm 33 so i've given myself (laughs) till my 35th birthday i want to do my own blues ep album like i would never want to produce a full-length album that would just seems way out of my my abilities mm-hmm. with with all the things going on in my life and and nor do I even really want to feel like an album I want Matt to produce a blues EP for me to sing as the lead like as the lead blues female singer and nice. like that's giving myself a year and a half putting it on the podcast too so yeah. <laughs> hopefully I'll be able to do that in the next while but it's maybe it's, we should focus on recording our two albums first I know <laughs> I know I know right that's the, that's the nature of it too is you just want there's so much fun things that you want to, to do. do I have like a dream band well, with and, Ben and Brendan and, yeah. and Andy yeah and it's just like you have you have to be a little bit more focused in terms of yeah. how you devote your, your time and your energy and like what should I be focusing on to to yeah. create yeah. something to create a, a product yeah absolutely to sell or more so even just for me to be like oh to be proud of yeah so what's keeping you from getting your ideal band why would why would you not oh i have my to clarify i have my ideal band (laughs) but why are you not (laughs) playing with them like why what's your block in that have you asked them have you told them that this is what you think um no like with (laughs) Derek and rich we've we're, it's all. Oh, similar. I mean, you still have like your the band that you're working with is your idea. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That, they're they're that's a band that I hope will exist for a long forever. Time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was more referring to like she was referring to uh, writing a blues album. Okay, I yeah. have an idea to play with with Brendan and <laughs> again I'm playing. <laughs> 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 I am Brendan. Yeah. It's like he's in like yeah. or like <laughs> cover like the bands is bands thing that Goodwill does. Oh, right? Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah, I have four different concepts of like oh I'd like to play with Dale Brown and right and yeah. you know French Dan yeah. As who? Yeah, as who? The Old Crow Medicine Show. I had a concept of wanting, and I haven't even talked, I sort of talked to them these about are like, that. These are ideas coming out right now. I've never heard them. Yeah. Right? <laughs> well, this is great. Like, yeah, these are cool good. things to yeah. Yeah. hear. But like, this, it's a kind of, uh, or um, drive-by truckers I want to do. But this, oh, it's not, trucks. it's not healthy because it is a part of. Um, Why is it not healthy? Because it's like a little bit connected to. ADHD and and OCD and me like having all these ideas. having these so many different ideas and, and con- concepts of things that I should do where it's like no maybe you should just sit down and record right one yeah. song and put it on YouTube and that's like <laughs> as valuable as it, sometimes recording it is. an entire mm-hmm. album in this day and age if you could just have one well, but that's possible you'd think like you think <laughs> it, okay, like it just is thinking possible. about uh, we recorded with Jen of B&B Studios, mm-hmm. and people just phone Jen and be like, hey, can I come over and record a song? And then they record it and put it on their YouTube channel, and that's just that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's on the internet then. Yeah. I overcomplicate things. We did that. So the last recording session we did um, at Collector Studio, my my 
talented friend Dan Bowie recorded it all. Uh, for six weeks, I've been trying to like get a hard drive to him to to then begin to start editing and putting it out there and together. And it's like these are weird excuses. You should do that with the students. Make the students help you do it. Like get, you know what I mean? That's, like, over do, that's complicating know, matters guess, more. Guess, so it is like I have these. Kids into it now. <laughs> well, like the students, right? Because like you can make turn a project into like teaching them how to edit or use the graphic software that he's. Yeah. But I know that it's. I I overcomplicate things, and a part of that is just these weird personality quirks that I have that I'm that uh, that I'm learning to manage and. Yeah, and, that's and it has it. it has sort yeah. of like prevented me from creating what I think the Reverend Rambler could be, which is what. <laughs> what could the Reverend just Rambler more be? out there, a better representation of what I do on on the internet, right? Because that's where we are. In this that's standard. our platform. Yeah, that's yeah. like the and world's it, platform. Again, right? like I have one album out. You couldn't buy it on iTunes. You, I, I don't have that set up. You can buy physical CDs from me, and I can mail them to you. Um, Snail mail, love it. Or a website. I don't have a website. Right. Just stuff like simple, simple band thing. A press kit. I don't have a press kit. Mm -hmm. I don't have professional photos of the Reverend Rambler. Mm -hmm. Oh, your wife took an awesome photo in your backyard. That they're eight years old. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's true. So it's true. I don't, I don't know where I'm going with this exactly, but. there's a big to-do just list. Just more present. Yeah. It's just yeah, what you could be. Totally. It's more present. Yeah. Putting myself out there a little bit more and like not being overwhelmed with uh, what other people think. Or even just what, what, think. what I think. You're your own worst critic. Yeah, And, and that's or, a cool perspective too. Like I think the fact that you know you can't not everyone has the ability or the opportunity to just be able to write and record and perform you have life, you know, like you were mentioning. It gets like, in the way exactly. big time. And, and it's that's not that one of my biggest in... struggles. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I mean, like, even this, your your son was downstairs and wanted to hang out with dad and auntie. Yeah. And it's just like... And yeah. you just moved into this space. Yes. Like, yeah. there's a lot... Like, life happens. And, yeah. and to sure. still be able to go to Folk Fest, you know, and play these bigger shows, I think that's a true testament to the fact that you are a musician. You are an artist. Thank you. <laughs> no, no, no. No, exactly. no, that's awesome. I'm crying. <laughs> it is. It is like a. It is an emotional thing for me too when I when I talk about it. It oh. is because it is like. Um. It is. You're it's serious. hard. Oh yeah. No. It is definitely something that I, I struggle with in like mental health stuff. Me? <laughs> is. Uh, but the fact that you're finding that balance, <laughs> yeah, it's perfect. that's also beautiful because I mean, to grow a family isn't an easy thing to do. And no, it, it's coming it's from a, us with families. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have families. Wait, you, you, you're a part of families. Yeah, yeah. You get exactly, dynamics yeah. of families. You understand. Yeah, yeah. So, totally. Yeah, no, that's that's amazing. Yeah, Holy it's smokes. it's a, something I've begun to in, embrace and and love. Even being a parent, trying to figure out how to be. A parent and balance, like being a teacher and an artist all together. That that actually led to me having a full on mental breakdown recently. Um, we got you through it. So, yeah, I don't even know what I'm saying exactly, but it's just balancing everything in life and and trying to like me having like a little bit of anxiety and depression and OCD and just a lack of. Time and control are the two 
major themes that I reflected on that are like, these are things that I, I struggle with. If you don't have time, you can't really make the, your art as perfect as you would like it to be. And, and to just, to get out there and share it involves letting go of some of letting that. Letting go and submitting mm -hmm. to this, like not being in control of, of anything. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and just accepting that and it not being something that makes you feel like my son being down here when we're recording that is something in the past that would have caused me a lot of like anxiousness because I'm oh I need to be in control of this I want this interview to go perfectly um I want to be sharp and say smart things to people <laughs> yeah and even yes yesterday I or got super ramble, anxious like <laughs> thinking about um thinking about what I'm going to say, am I going to sound stupid? And eventually you just, I, what I'm learning to do is like, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Just be yourself, speak from the heart and see, and you know, if you're just coming from an honest place, what's going to come out is like, it's going to be honest at the very least. Yeah. And, and, genu and genuine. And that's kind of in life. And as the Reverend Rambler, that's what I'm, I'm trying to do. Bring something that's honest and genuine. And this brings up a good point, I think, as someone who says, like, booking shows or looking at people's social media presence, and you, like, like someone and you check out their social media, and it's like, there's not a lot of stuff. Well, well. And, like, the first thing you think in your head is, like, okay, what is this? Like, this person doesn't have this and this and this. Like, mm -hmm. what are they. Like, they, they're not taking it seriously or something. That's just, like, a mindset that you totally. have because mm -hmm. this is the in day, this day and age. age. Yeah. But if you're, like, thinking of your shows and your performances and all that type of things and knowing that what is stemming from not having those things is like human being a human being and like having these things it's like stop being so judgmental of people's presences on these social media platforms because that's not your business like no totally exactly. if you like the music if you like the art like People will find it. They do find it, right? Yeah. They're still booking you for shows, so. And that's purely from um, playing live music, which yeah. is a great yeah. thing, right? Like, yeah. Old school. It is. Reverend I guess it is. Yeah, no. <laughs> and I think too that you don't play that often, and I think that that also when you when you space like I mean all the power to those young bands that can do shows every weekend, but you're not gonna necessarily like you can't draw from the same crowd, right? So like if we're only performing every couple months or now it's been even even longer right like because we often get the when are you playing your next show and we'll have like a couple private things mm -hmm. but not open to the public so that that public presence when it only happens every so often it becomes a little bit more special it becomes a little bit more like people want to which is something wanna... I, I know i have always done consciously mm -hmm. yeah totally some people my, my one like, of my can't best do friends this. in the world Stu anderson who is oh my god i can't believe we haven't stopped talking yeah, about Stu yet he, Stu is he, our favorite person in the world. He's yeah, one of my best friends, one yeah. of my best, one of the one best of my favorite human beings on the planet. Mm -hmm. Have you and, interviewed him yet? I no. just said I wanted to oh, get him. Oh, yeah, 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 100%. Yeah. yeah. I think I asked. Yeah, But probably. he's so busy. He's so, so yeah. busy. He's like so successful and so amazing, and we love him. And, what, and he things. is one of the, the biggest supporters of the Reverend Rambler from the start. When we totally. lived together in Rathgar... <laughs> right? Yeah. In, in Brendan's house, and I yeah. had no idea who he was. Yeah. And we met, and I can still remember him coming home hammered and just like <laughs> giving me a guitar and being like, "Play, yeah. just play music. Why don't, why don't you do this more?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, yeah. JQ. That's and he amazing. and so yeah, he was the one that was like, don't, don't ever play too much in the in, city in a market. Or, yeah, in a market. Right. Yeah. Otherwise, you could just sort of oversaturate yeah. yourself. And it's different, right? There are bands that like can't could play every weekend and still have enough of a draw that people yeah. would always yeah. come. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty funny, isn't it, Jake? <laughs> so. And another thing, just quickly about Stu, is the fact that like he is the he's the brain brains behind Begonia and Royal, like he does so much now. Royal Canoe, he's he's helping out with those guys and, and Living Hour, Joey too, yeah. and Living yeah. Hour, and just doing all these amazing things. But he in in all of this, he still remained just like such a huge supporter of my brother as well, us as a band, as a friend, as a as a supporter. Um, and he started Prairie Wind Music Festival. Have you guys? You guys both. I've been heard of it. Heard, yeah. Okay, yeah. so Prairie Wind happens. Is I think it's going into its eighth year, and it grew from like, and we've been a part of it every year, which is also very special for us. And I think after like the first year, we had such a huge, lovely response from that community out in Cypress River that they like ended up having us out. Remember that Christmas show we did? We stayed at Stu's mom's place, and we like the whole town and and surrounding like towns came to this like motor hotel that we did this show, and it was like that was so much fun that was one of the best and Stu created that he he brought music to his hometown community and he was able to like grow this super small festival into this giant you know good sized festival now and everybody I feel like all the big bands in Winnipeg have gone out and played it uh, and he did that all himself and I just feel like yeah he just deserves all the love and respect in the world I have a question yeah. Carly yeah. have you ever played his song in a DJ set Ooh. a Reverend Rambler song Huh? And that leads into my last question at, yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. I don't have uh, no because we don't. I don't have like proper MP3 format of it. Like you should mess around with that. Who who's your buddy from the Lytics? Oh, well, which one? Like the I think one of Carly's the friends with literally everyone. <laughs> the whole Lytics. <laughs> <laughs> because like, there was one of the guys from the Lytics once. Um, Alex Anthony. I think he's the Andrew. The DJ? I don't know. Great. Oh heck. Okay. Yeah great guy but he had mentioned there's a song get down oh that he wants to like and he he kind of was like oh you should come play some slide for a song sometime or Fun. or heard something in that yeah song beats. that could exist in a hip-hop scenario again that beautiful collaboration of the winnipeg music community yeah, right yeah. and we and i like i uh, speaking of that like i want to work with everybody right like you always want to like you always want to get everybody involved and everybody doing things but yeah, what was I gonna say about the Lytics? Um, they, they're very, they're huge supporters of that doing, like bringing musicians in and singers and stuff like that too. But you've I've never played a song. No, that, that's what you asked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I didn't. No, I've never played. But that makes me want to get Tim to remix because Tim's an incredible music producer as well, and he's done his own albums and stuff. So he could, man, that's a good. That would be fun. Let's get Tim. Tim, I'd like you to take a song tonight at home and mix the Reverend so I can drop. Tim, drop I just want to hang out with you. That was something I just want to <laughs> hang out with Tim more. Are you busy tonight? <laughs> Yo, even, Tim. Even that, just even like finding time to spend be with my with brother family. in law to be, to like get I to know. know him better. Yeah. Tim, Tim and Tyler, like the funny connection there. Who's Tyler? Going off. DJ Honeycup. Oh, yeah. yeah. We used to oh, listen, yeah, yeah. I, and I could be wrong here. I know, I'm pretty sure Tyler did Born in the Break and I think Tim had something to do with it it was an old radio show like 20 years ago um, related to hip hop and me and my buddy Barry would record the radio uh, show the on play like, and record. Oh, yeah. 
I did that too. So when you started dating Tim, that was like, oh, DJ well, co-op? <laughs> I often will say that's like people don't know his his actual name, like mm-hmm. Tim Hoover. Lots of people know who Tim Hoover is, but when I say DJ co-op, they're like, oh, we've oh, been yeah, to his yeah. parties. He's like a pioneer of that of that era of me growing up and going to parties, but... Yeah, you had the you had a question. Yeah, I was I was wondering, would there be a K Chetta Reverend Rambler collab? Not <laughs> like, would you guys like go into a room and like try and mix the beats with the oh. guitar and the drums? Add it to the list I'd of love things that. to that do. Sounds like fun. That's like yeah, a, it just a project for like you know your parents' uh, Christmas present. You yeah. know, you got to make it like meaningful, so you have to, right? Yeah. yeah. No, that's literally I. Thank you. We really should do something like that. That would be really cool. Totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, we're just about done. I have one more question, and it's nice and sweet and short. Perfect. So I just want your new 2019 New Year's resolutions for each other, not for yourselves. I like it. Oh, yeah, that's very, (laughs) very, very well said. Uh, So I think that for... I think Jake has the resolution. So... (laughs) I Pipe think, down. I think. I think for Max, that's Jake's 2019. Yeah, yeah. He's pipe in. down, bud. He's, in. He's yeah. in. I think for Matt, uh, I'll keep it short and simple. And I think this was um, part podcast, part therapy session that he was able. It's funny when you hear yourself say some of the things, right? And I think that he might have heard some of his own voice say things that I've never actually heard him say before. To just get out of his own way that there is so much music that is in him that needs to be shared with the world, that we have recorded some, that we do need to record others. I like that one drowned sound. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> Jacob, Jacob Mason. And for me, it's like, I just, he needs to get out of his own way because he is, he's talented and he's incredible and he has great music that needs to be shared with the rest of the world. And people like it, like at the end of the day. And I just said to him, like, cares if people you know it's not you know the best that you think it should sound or but it's great hey, hey, that's a great resolution Hi, yeah sweetheart yeah that's my resolution for the reverend rambler it's get out of your own way so matt what's your resolution for carly to be happy and healthy um to be kind to yourself to be the best teacher you can be and to play uh to play guitar more Yes. <laughs> and for us to and for you and us to get this band album recorded and out there. There you go. And to spend more time. Together. Yeah. With us and we're with doing him. it right now. That's awesome. We're gonna we're <laughs> saying it in front Beautiful. of you guys. Thank High you fives. so much guys. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Really appreciate it. Okay, ready? Yeah. Thank, thank you for cutting, cutting deep with us on Papercut Paper Podcast. Podcast. Thanks. Thanks.